we're here this morning to worship a great, great God. And that ought to change everything as we step out into this week and as we step out into the rest of our lives. We, we've been talking about what it means to be a, a radical disciple of Jesus Christ. That, that, that whole concept of, of radical Christianity and, and to understand that, that, that we're not saying that we ought to be radical for the sake of radicalness. That, 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 that's not a good way to live your life. We're talking about living our lives in such a way that when those who are unbelievers look at our lives, it looks radical. It doesn't make sense to them. And it doesn't make sense to them because they don't know what motivates it. What motivates it, what motivates it, you know what motivates it, don't you? It's, it's Jesus Christ. It's the fact that, 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 that there is something that is driving us in our lives. We, we think about what it would take to motivate a man to turn the other cheek not just in principle, not just to preach a sermon about it, but what happens when somebody actually smacks you on one cheek? What motivates someone to have the strength to turn the other cheek? What motivates someone to, to take their, their own hard-earned possessions and give them away? I'm telling us that when the world looks at those things, they don't make sense to the world. Why would you do that? Why, 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 why would you engage in that sort of activity? Uh, the, you guys don't know. Uh, Neil Mathis and his family are here with us, and he doesn't look like a preacher this morning because he's, he's driven all night long, right? Like it was in yesterday when they left Kentucky, and they're on their way to a beautiful place down south from here. But but you look at, I'm just, I'm just, this is my thought process. What in the world are they doing here this morning? I mean, they've been in the car all night long with three, what are beautiful children, but with three children. What in the world are they doing sitting in here trying to stay awake for this lesson this morning? I'm just asking us what, what motivates people to make choices like that? From, from the big moments in our life to just the everyday moments in our life. What, what motivates us to, to, to take this step of, of being radical disciples of Jesus Christ? Except for this belief that there is a Lord. Except for this belief that, that, that there is one who has power and who has authority. And we know that His name is Jesus this belief that Jesus is the Christ. Jesus is the Lord. Guys, if we know that, it changes everything. And let me tell you that my initial, my, my, my initial thought this morning was to preach on Jesus as our Lord and Savior. And, and I just kind of overwhelmed with, with getting across this idea that He is the Lord. And you know we're going to spend next week talking about how He is our Savior, and we're going to bring those things together. But I want each one of us to be impressed with this idea that Jesus is the Lord. Jesus is the one who has power and authority in our life this very day. I want us to understand that Jesus is the Lord. Jesus is the Lord. Jesus is the Lord, and that's a true statement whether the world accepts it or not. 
Jesus is the Lord, and that's a fact whether you accept it or not. Jesus is the Lord, and that is the truth whether I accept it or not. And when we understand it, oh, it will change us. It will change us into something that the world will not understand, but that the world so desperately needs to understand. Jesus is the Lord. Open your Bibles to Luke chapter 19. There in, in Luke chapter 19, it's a scene that, that's probably familiar to all of us who are here. But Jesus is, well, he's in the midst of what we talk about is his, his triumphal entry, right? He's making his way into the holy city of Jerusalem and, and he's coming there for that passion week and the crucifixion that is there and, and the people are there and they're, and they're laying the palm leaves down and they're shouting out, ho, 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 Hosanna is the Lord, he is the one who will save us. And there in, in Luke chapter 19 at about verse 37, the, the Bible says as he was drawing near, it was as he was drawing near the, the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and, and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works they had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in the highest. The, the, these people were gathering together, and as Jesus entered into their city, they were, they were shouting out praise to Him. They were worshiping Him. I, I hope that we get some semblance of that in, in and throughout our worship. I want you to know that Jesus, He is the Lord. Jesus, He is the one who comes from heaven and come, comes from heaven and comes to the earth. He is the one. He is the one who is blessed. He is the one who is worthy of praise. He is the one by whom we glorify God in the highest. And in the midst of this beautiful scene of worship, there were some people who didn't like it. There were some people who stood back and they said, I don't know if you ought to be saying that about a man or not. I don't know if you ought to be saying that about this man or not. So in verse 39, some of the Pharisees called to him. They called to Jesus and the crowd and they said, teacher, rebuke your disciples. I want you to get on to these people because they're saying, they're saying things that are too high and too lofty about you. you. You remember when people would have the tendency to worship the they would have the excuse me, they would have the tendency to worship the disciples and, and, and to think that they were some sort of God figures. And, and you remember the, the reaction that they always had to that. They, that. they would tear their clothes. They would, oh, no, don't, don't say that about me, right? Don't, I mean, that, that, that is not true. That is blasphemy. And they're saying the same thing to Jesus. Hey, these people are putting you up too high. You, you need to take responsibility as a God-fearing man to, to tell them that I'm not that. And I love what Jesus says as he turns to them and he answers and he says, I tell you that if these should keep silent, the stones would immediately cry out. What is he saying? Jesus is the Lord whether you believe it or not. Jesus is the Lord whether they acknowledge it or not. And if, if man doesn't acknowledge it, it doesn't make it any less true. Even the stones would cry out that Jesus is the Lord. 
in this world, we will, we will meet a lot of people. But ultimately, those people will fall in, 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 into, into one of four categories. Types, of, types of, of people that we will meet in relationship to the Lord. We will meet many, many people who do not call Him Lord, nor do they do what He says. Do you know some people like that? Do we know a lot of people like that? They don't believe that Jesus is the Lord, and they don't act like Jesus is the Lord. Can I tell you that, that this is at the root? We, we can talk about social ills and social problems, but this is at the root of almost every misery that we have in the world today. A people who do not claim to follow Jesus as the Lord, and they do not try to follow Jesus as the Lord. Do, do you know why we live in a world where sexual immorality is running out of control? Do, do you know why we live in a world where, where there are people who are starving? Do you know why we live in a world where, where, where the majority of marriages are falling apart? Do you know why we live in a world where this thing that we call abortion is even an option to be discussed, let alone a right? I believe that Jesus is the Lord. It's because people do not believe that there is anyone who has a right or a power or an authority over their lives. And they live accordingly. They do what they want to do, when they want to do. They are their own God. Maybe you know some people like that. Maybe you are a person like that. I, I don't know. Sometimes in our world today, the, the, uh, you get the idea from some that there's something righteous about the consistency that exists within this person. Well, at least I'm not claiming to be one thing and doing something else. Can I tell you that there is no righteousness? There is no righteousness in being consistent in unrighteousness. There are no bonus points that come along for consistency in sin. Consistency in the things of sin and, and the things of hell are things that will still lead to damnation. There are those who don't call Him Lord, nor do what He says. But you know, we, we, we should probably take a little bit of a step back because, because there are also those who don't call Him Lord, but, but they do some of the things that He says. Do, do those people exist? I mean, I know some people who do not believe in Jesus, and they are not terrible monsters. Right? I know some people who do not believe in Jesus, but, but maybe they, 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 they haven't taken these things to, to their logical end of where rejecting Christ goes. There is even a sense of, of, of godliness or of righteousness about their lives. Would write in Romans chapter 2, and we don't have time to unpack this whole chapter, but, but as he was writing to the Jewish people, the people who should have known God, he speaks of the Gentiles, he says in Romans 2 and verse 14, who do not have the law, but by nature do the things in the law. These, although not having the law, they are a law unto themselves. Just this reality that we do have to come face to face with, that there are people who, while they don't call him Lord, they do some of the things that he says. And is that a good thing or a bad thing? Well, it is good in as much as they're reflecting Jesus Christ. But the problem is they don't know that they're reflecting Jesus Christ. The problem is our salvation is not just based upon the things that we do. Our salvation is not just based upon the works which 
not, is not based upon the, the works of merit that, that, that we are able to commit or we are able to accomplish. Our salvation is based upon Jesus. And there is salvation in no other name. Our salvation is based upon His blood that He shed on the cross. That acknowledgement that He is my Lord. Without that, I can be the very best man a man can be, but I will fall short of the glory of God. So there are some who don't call Him Lord, nor do what He says, and they will be lost. And there are some who don't call Him Lord, but, but they do some of the things that He says, but they too will be lost, because all men are lost without Jesus. Thirdly, this morning, and maybe, maybe where we need to spend the most time as we think about Jesus as our Lord in this setting, is there are those who call Him Lord, but don't do what He says. There are those who stand up and say, I believe in Jesus Christ. I believe that Jesus is the Lord. You believe it enough that you would get up on your Sunday morning and you would put yourself into an auditorium filled with people who are making a common claim. You believe it enough that, that you would bow your head during a prayer and, and you would sing a song that, that, that the people were singing. But unfortunately, unfortunately at times, it doesn't go beyond that. It doesn't go beyond the outward or the things that people see or maybe the things that people see whenever the body comes together. We, we, we have a word for that, don't we? we? We talk about people being hypocrites. Jesus over and over would warn us of the very real possibility of hypocrisy in the church. There in Luke chapter 6 and verse 46, Jesus asked the people this question, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do the things which I say? I mean, wh why, why are you going out there saying that I am the Lord, but, but I'm not seeing that in your life? We, we had this discussion in the college age class th th this morning of, of things that we see. You, let, let's pick on the, on, the, on the political realm, right? How many people will stand up and say, I believe in Jesus? But then when they go beyond that statement, you're thinking, I don't know what kind of Jesus you believe in. Because, because that's not the Jesus I read about in the Bible. People, people that we work with. People sometimes that we worship with who will claim to be a Christian, who will claim that Jesus is the Lord, but they don't do the things which Jesus says. Their lives are not being transformed. They're not being changed. They're not being challenged. Jesus becomes simply this, 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 this salve in our lives that makes us feel better, but it doesn't change us. Listen, nobody in here is perfect. So that means everybody in here ought to, be, ought to be being changed by the will of God. I'll, I'll stand at the very front of that line. But the problem has been since the time of Christ, even before the time of Christ, to this day and beyond this day, of not that people are willing to stand up and say, I believe in Jesus. I mean, we live in this world where, where it, it, you know, it's... You're not going to be, you know, you're you're not going to be burned at the stake for claiming to be a follower of Christ. There have been times like that, right? There are places like that, but we don't live in it. So I'm willing to say that. 
But does it, does it change the way that I live my life? James said in James 3 and verse 10, From the same mouth come both blessings and cursings. Watch this. My brethren, these things ought not be this way. And ought not be that way. God's intent is not for you to be one person on Sunday morning and another person the rest of the week. God's intent is not for your, is not, is not for your mouth to be filled with blessings at some points and cursings at other points. Once again, Jesus warns us in Matthew 7 and verse 21, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. I mean, if that doesn't make us take a step back, that we see this over and over, Jesus warning. It's wonderful that you know how to talk the talk, but I'm asking, do you walk the walk? Do you really live as if there is an authority greater than you? Do you really live as if there is a Lord in heaven? Does it change me? Does it ever make me put on the brakes? Does it ever make me fight in war against the flesh that that follows me everywhere? The fact that Jesus is the Lord. It's just a powerful understanding. There in Romans 2, verse 21, Paul would, would, would once again write, to those Jewish brethren, and he would say, therefore, you who teach another. Isn't that what we do? Isn't that what Christians are supposed to do? I'm excited. I hope you got the email this week. Brother Rob Whitaker, who did our evangelism seminar a couple years ago, is going to be back with us tonight. I I, I mean, I I love it. I love it, and I hope it serves a great uh, encouragement to us to to continue to reach out and and to try to, to share the gospel. But he says, you who preach that another man should not steal, do you steal? You who say do not commit adultery, do you commit adultery? You who abhor idols, do you rob temples? You who make your boast in the law, do you dishonor God through breaking the law? For the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you. Oh, here's the, I mean, here's where we get into the, into the thick of it. Not only do, does, does this, this, this lifestyle impact you and, and, and me, but it impacts the way that people see the very bride of Christ. If you've, if you've ever been very active in trying to get people to give their life to Christ and come to worship with the church and be a part of the church, if you do that very much, I know what you're going to have thrown in your face. A bunch of hypocrites. I know someone who goes there. I know they're not consistent. I know about this. I know about that. Anybody ever had that conversation? Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, we can talk about how to deal with hypocrisy, right? I'm just trying to say it's, it's a very negative thing against the church. He says, he says the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles. When people stand up and say, I'm a Christian, but they don't live like it. They don't live like it. And so people, people, instead of just saying there's someone who's not living like a Christian, they say, that's not a God I want to believe in. That's not a God I want to follow. If that's what Christianity looks like, I don't need that. Now, it's just their, it's their, it's their excuse, all right? But, 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 but that doesn't mean they don't make it. That's why Paul warns them. That's why Jesus warns of, of, of these things. Hey, not everyone who says unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. This connection between 
I believe that Jesus is the Lord and what I do. Because there are far too many people who call Him Lord, but they don't do what He says. Fourthly, there are those who call Him Lord and do the things that He says. I'm not speaking in reference to someone being perfect, because I haven't met that man yet outside of Jesus Christ. But I'm speaking of the person who is determined, who is determined to walk in His light, who is determined that sin has no place in their life. They are in pursuit of His holiness because they have hope of being with Him, right? 1 John 3. And it impacts their life. Those who call Him Lord and they do the things that He says. This is the man who knows Jesus as the Lord of his life. Lord, here I am. You are the Lord. I am your servant. You take me. You make me. You mold me. You change me. You transform me. Because there is a way that is within me. It's a way that leads to death. I've tried it. It didn't work. I fell short every single time. But you have a way that leads to life. So I want to walk in your way. I want to swallow my pride. Because I'm more concerned about your glory than people thinking that I'm perfect. Or people thinking that, 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 that I have it all together. Can I ask us, what would happen? What would happen if, if we let the Lord have His way? What, what, what would happen as a church, as a community, as a nation, as a creation? If all of mankind and whatever group you want to look at, if we just started to say, I just want the Lord to have, the way, to have His way in my life, because I know it's my life, but He is my Lord. What would happen? Can I suggest that if, if we could come to that point, that we were just going to let the Lord have His way, that revival would break out. Revival would break out in, in congregations and in communities and in, and in cities and in states and in nations and all over the world. If we as a people would simply say, He is the Lord of my life. There would be people who would, who would be walking down the aisles. They would be asking for forgiveness over and over and over again. I, I hope you were here Wednesday night. And I hope you were here for Bible class on Wednesday night. But I hope you were here for your sister in Christ who came forward and she, and she asked for the Lord's forgiveness and the church's forgiveness. And, and she made a confession that, I'm just going to tell you, was a little bit shocking to me. And it was a little bit hard to read. And, it, and, it was a, and I'm, thinking, I'm thinking, why do you do that? Why do you confess before man? Because he is the Lord. Because he is the Lord, and I must be right with him. If nothing else happens in my life, I must be right with him. I, I, I may lose your relationship. I may lose my, my, my finances. I may lose my, but I've got to be right with him because he is the Lord. Revival would break out. People would be coming to be, to be baptized into Christ, to be born again, left and right, arising, what, what Paul says, to walk in a newness of life. Galatians 2, that, that idea that, that I've been crucified with Christ, and the life that I live, I'm going to live by faith in the Son of God. 
Would that not happen? Would that not happen? There, there are those of you in this audience, even, even this morning, let alone talking about people in the world, that, that, that there are those in this audience that if you wanted to stand up and say, Jesus is the Lord, that, that it means you need to come and you need to give yourself to be immersed for the remission of your sins. Because that's what you do when, when the Lord says, that's what you do. Revival would, would, would break out. Families would change. Husbands and wives would change. Parents and children would change. And all the problems that we have, listen, at their core, they, 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 they become spiritual problems. But you make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, it changes the way you talk to your wife. It changes the way that you talk to your husband. Families would change. We, if the world would embrace Jesus as the Lord, we wouldn't have to deal with rude people. We wouldn't have lives that were being ruined by alcohol. The, 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 the sexual immorality would be gone. Can you picture, can you picture what a world would look like wherein there was no sexual immorality? I can't even picture it. It's so strange and so foreign to what we deal with on a daily basis. But if the world were to say, Jesus is the Lord, I'm just telling you the world would change. The world would change. It would start looking less like me and more like Him. So I'm going to ask you a question. What type of person are you? When, when, when you look at this list, are you somebody who says, hey, I don't make any claims that Jesus is the Lord, and I don't even try to live like He's the Lord? Are you somebody who says, well, I don't know about public proclamation, but I think I'm a pretty good person. I mean, I think, I think I, I do some good that other people don't do, even though I don't believe in Jesus. Are you somebody who stands up in the street corner and tells everybody about, uh, about, about, Jesus, about Jesus as the Christ, but, but the truth is, if the truth were, were to be known, and you know it, and He knows it, God knows it, so we might as well tell the truth, right? We might as well be honest. You don't, you don't even do the things that He says. Are you someone who calls Him Lord and does the things that He does and does the things that He says. Jesus is the Lord. I want us to understand that I'm not just talking, I'm not trying to get this idea of some, some overbearing individual who wants to remind you at every corner of your life that, that He calls the shots here and He doesn't really care about you. Some, you've all known people like that, Right? We, we've all had people who were over us, who, who, who were like that. They were just kind of jerks, right? And, and part of my concern is that sometimes when we talk about Jesus as the Lord, people have this idea that, well, somehow Jesus fits into that category. That, that's wrong, okay? That, that's, not, that's not accurate. We, we, we're talking about a Lord that to serve Him is not drudgery. His commandments are not burdensome. We're... We're talking about someone who, who we would go out and we would sell everything that we had just for the privilege of being His servant. He becomes our, our pearl of great price. Paul would write in 2 Thessalonians 2, 2 Thessalonians 2 and verse 16, May the Lord Jesus Christ Himself and God of our fathers who has loved us 
and given us eternal comfort and good hope by grace. May He comfort and strengthen your hearts in every good work and word. That's the one who is the Lord. Not just somebody who's interested in telling us what to do. To understand He has real power. He could make us do whatever He wants us to do if He wanted to. But He loves us. We're talking about a Lord who brings us comfort and strength and grace. That's what Peter was trying to say. First Peter 2 and verse 3, when he says, If you have tasted the kindness of the Lord, to know this God who is so much greater than you or me, that He has the right and the privilege and the authority to direct the affairs and the steps of every single man, but yet, but yet for reasons that we marvel at, He loves us and He shows grace towards us, He shows kindness towards us. Can I tell you that to be a Christian... Can I tell you to say that He is my Lord is the, is, the, is the great privilege of my life and Christian's life. It changes everything. Do you remember? Do you remember when Jesus was walking into the city and the people were shouting praises? Hosanna! He is, he is, he is our King! And, and, and the people said, you, you need to rebuke him. And, and Jesus said, listen, if I, if I rebuke them, if they were quiet, I'm going to tell you that even these rocks would cry out. Jesus is the Lord whether we believe it or not. Whether those people in Jerusalem believed it or not. But you keep reading, you keep reading there in Luke chapter 19, that as Jesus made these statements about who he was, We come down to verse 41, and the Bible says, And when he approached Jerusalem, he saw the city, and he wept over it. Jesus is the Lord. He is the Son of God. He is the Word. He is the great I Am. He is the one that there is nothing in existence that was not that, 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 that exists without him speaking it into existence. He is the Lord. And when mankind does not acknowledge that, when mankind does not acknowledge the fact that he died for us, you would think it would be the other way around in any sort of setup that makes earthly sense, but we're not talking about earthly sense. He died for us, and when we reject Him, well, the Bible says that He wept. He wept over the city. It breaks His heart. My challenge to you this morning is to make a proclamation that Jesus is the Lord of your life truly examine your life and say, are those just words that I've learned to come out my mouth? Or am I living each day of my life to put that fact on demonstration for the world to see, for myself to see, and for my God to see? Jesus is the Lord. Philippians 2, the words that we began with in our scripture reading we will close with this morning. For this reason, God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name.
so that the name of Jesus, every knee will bow, of those in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and that every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Will you make that confession? Make that confession as you repent of sins. Make that confession as, as you name Him for the first time or many times. Make that confession as you come to be immersed into His death. Make that confession as you throw yourself upon His throne of grace and mercy. Jesus is the Lord. Maybe you need to say that this morning as we stand and as we sing.